At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. What's up? Long time no see. Or speak, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it would be creepy. <laughs> it's come to our attention that we have not properly introduced ourselves uh, on the podcast to make it clearer who is speaking when. So we're going to do that this time. Uh, this is Emily. That is me. Hi, this is Mav. And this is Mandy. So those are our introductions. We were going to do a group circle and say one thing about ourselves, but we didn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that also uh, requires... Thinking about what my one thing would be. I'm never yeah, good at I, that. I don't want to reveal that much personal information. I have a dog. That's my thing. <laughs> I do not have a dog. There's my thing. I like dogs. That's my thing. I feel like I know you both so much more now. Grown closer. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate that. Although speaking oh, of revealing, like we all we all saw the American Crime Story trailer, right? The trailer <laughs> and then 50 million screen caps of Darren Chris and some duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> duct tape, murder yeah. speedo. Awkwardly bright colors. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm kind of excited about it. But that's because I think the crime story, the whole thing, it's a good. The OJ Simpson season was actually surprisingly good. I, I'm just so, afraid yeah, of that the was... Brian Murphy effect of like declining quality per like season. I know. This, this one should still be good. Season three and four is probably going to lose interest and get distracted by something else shiny. Well, especially since this was supposed to be season three and then they pushed Katrina back and made it that Katrina was supposed to be season two and then that didn't happen. So then they pushed this forward. It's all kind of weird, but it's Murphy. Not to mention that uh, Murphy's apparently continuing his streak of sticking Darren in uh, season two. It's true. (laughs) So season two, well, we should have had him in Stranger Things, but that's not a Murphy show. Well, I can't wait to find out that Darren's character in ACS is actually a junior instead of whatever he's supposed to be. That's Andrew Kanan's dark secret. Yeah. He was actually a junior the whole time. What set him off? Then he had to die. Spoiler alert, I suppose. I mean, I feel like that shouldn't require a spoiler alert, but... Like, it's a real thing that happened. I think we should all... I think we all know. Um, The only thing... The only thing I'm I'm having a tough time with, other than the fact that Darren is playing a strangely attractive uh, serial killer, which is kind of messing with my head, um, are the 90s clothes. Because I I don't really remember 90s clothes that way because I was there and wearing them. So seeing them now makes me go, we thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. We thought... Pastel. That's the way to go. Well, I we can't thought, judge on that. <laughs> we thought wide leg to hide all sins. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking at the the really wide leg jean shorts that mm-hmm. uh, they ha- they're having a bunch of guys wear. I'm like that. That's not that's not a thing that should continue. I'm also that. really glad that mm-hmm. he shaved his head and then had to put a wig on for like two days of filming. Yeah, that's, that's gonna nice. look great. 
I'm sure that won't be noticeable at all. It's so cotton. Put a hat on it. It's fine. No one will notice. That had to be an awkward <laughs> phone call the day after you shave your head. Like, oh, we got to go back and do pick do some pickups. Like, oh, fuck. Whatever. You get paid enough. <laughs> although, although if if uh, that uh, the drawing of Darren was uh, was act you know was was actually real, it would be just give me five seconds and I'll concentrate really hard and I'll be able to sprout <laughs> hair out. Yes, the uh, the old God. I actually forgot who did that, but just the thinking and then poof. Oof, beard. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we should talk about Glee and not American Crime Story. Here. Although I guess we could talk about American Crime Story on a different podcast, but that would require mm-hmm. watching even more TV. And I don't have cable, so. Hey, subscribers. <laughs> Want to pay for cable? <laughs> pay for cables so we can ramble more about yet another Ryan Murphy story. Um, yeah, so this this feel podcast. Like we'll talk about. <laughs> We'll get there eventually. Yeah, we got to find a way to work Darren into every single episode of this since he's not actually in Glee yet. <laughs> we got a lot of episodes where he actually shows up. So we got to figure out how to get get him in there. <laughs> but she said. Oh, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the day, I suppose. Um, Fair enough. This is Glee, for better or worse. Today, we are going to talk about season one, episode three, Acafellas, which... You know, I'm assuming is everybody's favorite episode, at least naturally all time. Right. Uh, This aired September 16th, 2009. Uh, It was written by Mr. Murphy and directed by John Scott, who uh, Wikipedia tells me also directed The Roads Not Taken uh, and then disappeared into Twilight. But not actually Twilight. Not actually Twilight. That would have been amazing. But no. The ratings sat at 6.69 million viewers in the US. And uh, we had our first big guest star in Mr. Josh Groban and also Victor Garber. But Josh Groban was like the big name. Uh, And this is the summary from the Glee Wiki page. Uh, The episode sees Glee Club director Will Schuster form an all-male acapella group the Acafellas, spending more time building his own confidence while neglecting the club. Will tells his parents that Terry is pregnant, and Rachel hires Dakota Stanley due to Quinn and Santana's advice and concern on their choreography to help coach them to nationals. I didn't write that sentence. Uh, Will is slowly being pulled away from Glee Club as he works with the Acafellas. Meanwhile, Mercedes is bitten by the love bug, but her feelings aren't reciprocated. So, yeah, this episode, I'd forgotten about it somehow. And then it came Gee, I have no idea why. So it turns out that uh, when screeners went out to critics, this episode was not included in the screeners, which is generally indication ah. that it's terrible. I can understand that. And I think we can see why. I mean, I remembered um, the Kurt Mercedes storyline, mm. but I didn't know what it was from. Yeah. So it was it like, I didn't remember anything else around. Yeah. Yeah. That too. I didn't, I didn't remember it being like episode three. I thought it was much later. So yeah. Well, I think that's because this episode is one of the Glee episodes where so much happens in 45 minutes that it feels like it, it longer must have occurred and it doesn't. It's only 44 minutes and yet you have entire season-long story arcs that should have taken up a number of episodes crammed into one as like the C plot. Mercedes's crush really should have taken on a bigger story across a number of episodes to give it some sort of weight and some sort of meaning and instead she has a crush, she tells her crush, she gets heartbroken, she gets over it in the same number of scenes. I actually remember that being one of my responses to watching it 
like when it first aired. I, I just remember thinking, I can't predict what's going to happen in the show because so much is happening now. And I don't think that's a good thing. Like yeah. in my mind, it was like, this show is going to run out of people to pick together in like half a season. Yeah. Of course, I didn't didn't realize at that point, Brian Murphy just <laughs> planned on dealing with it by breaking them up, getting them back together, breaking them up, getting back together. But it, it's one of the reasons I wasn't quite a fan. I was like, it's not maturing like the storylines at all. Mm-mm, no. And it's such a weird storyline. I guess we can jump to that one because it's, I really, it's like the C plot, but it's so yeah. awkward. And like, you know, it's part, Kurt's portrayal is part of this whole masculinity question that we were talking about offline. And mm-hmm. there's like no way Mercedes would would not have known even if Kurt at that time was was in the closet there yeah and what they it's uh it there's like so many weird layers for me and her crush of you have a, a woman of color you have a woman of a non Hollywood standard body type and her first romantic subplot is an unrequited crush on someone the whole audience knows is never going to reciprocate. So it's a joke. And it was given no weight. There's no importance. It was just, let's put the big black girl in a weird, awkward situation with the gay kid. And won't that be funny? Because huh, he's gay and we all know it. Just With the such... pretty white cheerleaders trying to give her, like, quote-unquote advice. Yeah. And, no, and they know that he's gay. Yeah. And they're doing it to humiliate her. And it just, it plays out over the course of maybe six, seven minutes of screen time. I mean, I guess we got Mercedes getting a solo, which is great, even if she participates in an act of violence to to do it. But it's a nice song. But the whole thing just, it rubs the wrong way, even watching it a second time. Like, God damn. Let Mercedes it, live. It, it, by season, season, by episode three, we should have realized um, the the glee, age-old problem that we had. Don't ever wish for something because you'll get it, but not how you want it. Yeah. Which is, oh, I really want to see more of Mercedes. I want to see her singing. Oh, here, have her have a crush on the obviously in the closet gay kid and have a have her singing a song about busting a window and then th- literally throwing a brick in somebody's car. It's like literally destroying her it, car. It continued to play that way for six seasons. And yet in season four, I was still saying, gee, I really want more Kurt and Blaine singing together. And then I go, no, wait, I don't. So (laughs) we should have realized, (laughs) but not these songs. I don't want this. So we should have realized that episode three, like, oh, and it's not like they go, hey, here's a trope. Let's turn it on its head. Cause that's, let's, let's make them not know what's going to happen. Cause that's not really how they do it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, subscribing to a trope device. Um, The audience, to some degree, enjoys that. They like knowing how it's going to play out and having little changes and having little and little, you know, tweaks and changing it slightly can be good. But if you go so far as to not make it understandable... Mm-hmm. Like like Mandy said, you just you you end up getting an audience that's confused and like no. Also, their tropes are just so shitty. Like I, I <laughs> Mercedes' no song was really amazing, but the first really emotional scene Mercedes has is like a reaction of anger and violence. Like maybe don't just immediately have your audience associate your one black female character with being violent. Yeah, <laughs> like with having an explosive temper. Like. 
maybe maybe, right. maybe write you know not that anything but that actually with that well there's some like there there was interesting potential in that relation like in the characters and in the relationship with there's something really interesting about the you have an outcast you have mercedes feeling out of place and and discussing her race and discussing her body image, which is important to high school students and it's important to adults and how she wants a relationship and she wants to feel attractive and she wants to feel wanted, but knows that in high school she stands out and isn't necessarily what high school boys are going to automatically gravitate to. And there's some like really heartfelt, emotional, difficult things in a storyline like that, that they just totally blew right past. And then you've got Kurt's side of being in the closet and knowing you're gay and not wanting other people to know you're gay because then it's the only thing about you in high school. And they just instead mashed the two together in the most banal, annoying, problematic way they could have figured out. Yeah, pretty much. It's like they had a checklist of things to do to make this horrible and then just hit every single one. Yeah, just went down the list like and done and we're good and at the end everyone's happy and fine and oh it's okay because then i feel like it i think it diminished kurt's uh reveal of him saying i'm gay for the first time and and maybe there could have been more impact if that stretched on a few more episodes and wasn't wasn't the third episode where you saw him struggle a little more with even just saying it before you get to the later episodes with his dad and Finn and that whole debacle. Mm-hmm. But you kind of, yeah, because, because his statement came at the end of this weird Mercedes thing, felt like it kind of cut into the, the impact of it a little bit. We also don't really know. <laughs> That's surprising. We don't really know much about him. We don't know. About, I mean, obviously we see his, his life is, Shitty. He's thrown into a dumpster. But outside of that, um, we've also seen Rachel get, you know, slushied in the face. So we kind of go, okay, it's not explicitly shown that he is being, you know, bullied because he's probably gay or he's in the closet. Though I think most viewers would, would make that association. But we don't like have any depth to know how how difficult coming out might be for him again we can all viewers can probably assume based on their own life but again you don't really see that which if you had pulled out that plot line you pulled out that storyline to see okay why isn't he why hasn't he said something i mean just to kind of get more more gravitas behind such an admission it would give it more um i also think it's important to kind of go back a little bit what we were saying about masculinity because the joke here being not just that um mercedes would go would be paired with like gay boy but also like the very effeminate gay boy which in some ways is is saying haha he's not really masculine because of how he dresses or acts so that's you know furthering furthering you know negative negative stereotypes about gay men, about masculinity, about, you know, all kinds of shit that, um, again, never assume that just because the uh, person directing, writing in charge of something is gay, that they're going to actually showcase, you know, a a lifestyle unproblematically. Yeah. But, you know, you had uh, Kurt's Escalade. Uh, (laughs) Like, like how did Bert afford that 
really. But, you know, him saying that his dad bought it for him to get him to stop wearing thigh length or knee length sweaters. He's just right out in front Which that he... don't dress like a girl and I'll buy you an Escalade. Like that. That's nice. And at this point, we don't know Bert. So we just get a little, we get a hint that Kurt's dad isn't uh, down, so to speak. He doesn't quite understand his son. And we don't, because we don't meet Bert until after this happens, we don't have a sense of what his family life is really like and what the warmth of his dad and the complicated feelings from Bert of being of a different generation and not understanding his son, but still loving him unconditionally. You just kind of think, man, his, his dad sucks. I also think that is another example of crappy writing on this show because we're told something and in the next episode we find out that it's really probably unlikely that's true. It's it's mm-hmm. like Glee thinking a lie is a plot twist. Like yeah. you you made us think that Kurt has a homophobic dad because you told us Kurt has a homophobic dad. Yeah. And then plot twist, he's not homophobic at all. Like it's not. it's it's not a plot twist, it's a lie. Like a straight up lie. Like you didn't have a character developed yet. Yeah. You just decided, well, of course his dad's going to be a jackass. And then you met Mike O'Malley and you're like, well, I guess his dad's not a jackass. I guess we'll go with that. But I feel like giving them the credit that they decided to change or to lie, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to do it differently now. Ha ha, plot twist. I still feel like that gives way too much credit. And it is without a doubt the fact that they did not have a, you didn't have a writing room. You didn't have a character like anything. There is nothing. You have no Bible. Like yeah. you never had a Bible. You didn't have one now. You didn't have one in season six. There you have nothing that which the writers are going to be able to go, ha, this is, you know, this is who this person is. This is what they do. This is who they are. This is how they would react to something. Um, And so, yeah, exactly. It's like, who isn't doing a thing that we can make them do this thing? Oh, hey, I thought they were, um, I thought he was homophobic. Nope, he's fine. It's fine. I'll go with it. Like, okay. (laughs) Just, I mean, I mean, not not angry that they decided not to make Bert homophobic. Like that's amazing. I'm right. so glad they didn't do that. One of Glee's better decisions to uh, to make Bert Hummel Father of the Year. That could have been. I I like to think that Bert Hummel that Bert Hummel and Papa Mars sit somewhere and drink beers together. That makes, makes so. me happy. Speaking of fathers. Speaking of older men. <laughs> how the fuck did Mr. Schuster end up with Victor Garber as his dad? That is some I mean, Who do I complain to? What that is. What a waste of Victor Garber on Glee. Like That was something that they, they would get people to do roles that I was like, no, but I want more of that. Like, why, why is Neil Patrick Harris Brian Ryan? Sorry, going ahead. But also, why is Victor Garber Will's dad? And I want nothing to do with Will's dad. I want nothing to do with yeah. Will. I want nothing. I want none of this to be true. Like, can't Victor Garber be somebody who comes back every other season or something and has a little episode and teaches us the power of song and dance and then disappears into the night on tap shoes? No, he's not. He's just a lawyer. Cool. I mean, I would, I would enjoy... I would enjoy getting a series that is like the story of how Victor Garber realized he wasted his youth raising a shitty son and then like reclaims his life. Reclaims his life having dumped his son off at a shitty high school. Yeah. And then to, he runs into an actor, a voice actor that does that does free credit report dot com commercials. 
Uh, <laughs> Cooper. Can't start talking about Cooper. I won't be able to stop. <laughs> Can't wait for when this becomes the Cooper her. Anderson podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> maybe we'll have a guest maybe we'll have a guest on that one we'll have to find it we'll have to see we'll have to see what we can do but, i would i would totally watch the uh, the victor garber uh you know the victor garber show of him you know him reclaiming his life becoming a tap dance star um living his best life now that he's no longer you know having to deal with his his son who won't listen to him and is kind of a fuck up smug bastard and you know and at some point maybe you know he he reconnects with terry and is like you know i was i you know i i understand you were in a rough place i understand life life was hard living with will i know i forgive you do you remember when all the talk was about a curtain blaine spinoff (laughs) <laughs> that's all yes. everything anyone wanted was a curtain plane spinoff well now what it needs to be is like the victor garber song and dance hour with guest appearances by curtain blaine and cooper anderson but not not like Will I... schuster's father victor garber just playing himself as fictional characters come and perform tap numbers for him i would watch that show it's just a plus would watch I would watch it on repeat. Why do why do television executives not come and ask our opinions? Because probably because we do podcasts telling them how shit their shows are. Well, if they would listen to us, their shows wouldn't be shit now, would they? <laughs> yes, but we're only women. We don't know anything. Oh, that's right. Oh, no, no, we're talking oh. about. I'll have to go into there. Just <laughs> this episode is just so full of nonsense. Like why why is sandy ryerson still allowed to make pedophile jokes yeah there are jokes about him not being allowed within 50 feet of children yeah. like why is that funny to anyone yeah no, no i mean it, it's especially especially you know not funny now but um yeah no i mean i would i would go so far as to say pedophilia probably one of those things that you just don't ever you know, don't ever joke about. That's that's one you just don't. Not, it's not, not dark or edgy. It's just no. Yeah. And there was uh, his line about you're going to have a school full of Nancys if you don't get some hot wood into those teenage hands like that. No, no, that's uncomfortable. You. Just like looking at the cast, like let's let's not do that. And, like the deep deep irony of Puck being into older women just now plays so uncomfortably anything anything related to puck plays uncomfortably and it, it, how do we get frustrating how do we get christopher Plummer to be puck like reshoot glee with christopher Plummer. <laughs> that would actually <laughs> be like yeah not, not cost effective but i was gonna say if they can do it with 16 weeks until the movie we can do it with three years after the after show. the series, <laughs> eighty-two years, we can we can do this. That Paramount backlot still around, isn't it? Oh, sure. It's so well. If not, it's in Darren's house. I mean, he did run away with most of it, right? I'd say most of the set is uh, still there. That's, that's um, yeah. I shouldn't talk. I mean, we just took some set, but that's fine. <laughs> Stones, all that. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to like. What other nonsense happened? Like, also just straight up ignoring the Akafellas themselves because I just don't care. I was gonna say the thing that's yeah. named the name the Akafellas. 
like so i guess our big talking point that we had kind of chatted about before was like masculinity in glee and in this episode it's once again shu feeling like he's missed out on something and how he's not whole and complete because he didn't fulfill his dream of show choir and being a a performer on stage and getting adulation and all this kind of shit like i just don't care i don't care your unfulfilled dreams are childish you have a job you have a wife you have a house performing on stage is not going to make you a complete person the whole conversation between will and his dad about like being a man is all about one thing like having guts like oh god I understand, like, what they were trying to get at there, but that's just, like... So, like, that's not... Let's not tell boys that what it takes to be a man is guts. And then it's turned around and echoed in, like, the Will and Finn, because that's that's the the line they were trying to draw there. Mm Mm-hmm. Wait, what? That's what they were doing? (laughs) It was so subtle, I Uh, hardly noticed. The... While I want to say, uh, you know, the the dreams you have, Shu, are dumb. <laughs> just while I want to say that, the thing that's the most frustrating, like, okay, yes, maybe some people deep down crave being on stage and they need the that that's something they need. So okay, okay, I I'm I'm enough of a, an attention horn myself that I can understand that to some degree. What I don't like in the show is the fact that all of the songs they're having these guys do are very, very sexual. And I'm like, I don't feel, I don't want, I don't, no. Yeah. I don't want that with you. I definitely don't want that, like, um, not, not, not copied. What's the word I want here? Uh, paralleled alongside, you know, the, the high schoolers that we have here uh showing Shu as the teacher and then showing him singing i want to sex you up really kind of just makes me feel creepy and i want to go take a shower and i i'm not i do not want anything to do with it so i have that issue with it and then i have the other issue of um uh Shu at dinner with his parents telling them about their pregnancy which I have a particular issue when men kind of come in, you know, well, one that he didn't, they had agreed not to say anything, which I'm like, you just violated that, which I think is, is, is quite rude is a nice way for it. And then I also, as I said, I dislike men coming in and kind of claiming some sort of um, control over a pregnancy or when they say we're pregnant, I'm like, you're not pregnant. She's pregnant. Yeah. You helped. Let's be honest. You did help, unless we're having another world religion. But um, we're not pregnant. She is pregnant, and, and she is you, pregnant. And clearly told you not to tell your parents, and you yes, did it so. anyway. You don't care about anybody else. Yeah, and in this episode again, I, I still have that feeling of I'm still rooting for Terry. Because Will is still being a horrible husband. And Terry also has the scene toward the end where she's watching them perform. And she looks like genuinely happy and proud. I'm like, man, if they had just like kept on the track of making Terry somewhat sympathetic, that storyline would have been so much more interesting. 
with her faking the pregnancy and not descending into like caricature of evil. Yeah. But like her genuinely trying to like save her marriage and like make a family. Right. That would would have been so much more compelling. You would have seen, you know, a grown woman with a career seeing her husband getting so involved in something else. And not that he shouldn't have a life outside of their marriage because he should, but his like, level of obsession with the glee club and in this episode the acafellas he's straight up abandoning her as a husband and yeah seeing you know following a storyline where she goes through a season or a season and a half trying to keep it together without becoming a crazy pants and having to tell him that she's not pregnant and she wants to be and She's having such a hard time watching him like slowly walk away from her with his new obsessions would have been a really cool adult storyline. Unfortunately, and instead, this just, is and instead she's just a harpy. Yeah, I would say the doing that kind of a storyline or to make it we a sympathetically antagonistic character, like having her fake a pregnancy, but trying to keep everything together that requires a real sleight of hand with your writing Mm -hmm. uh, to keep that balance of sympathetic but still antagonistic Um, and that is subtle and those are all words i never use to describe this writing staff yeah no not not at all there's there's no subtlety here like (laughs) no the the smash cut of shoe into this is how we do it is like a microcosm of glee when it comes to subtlety that and like finn's burgeoning conflict of i'm on the football team but i want to be a singer it's exhausting yeah maybe i don't maybe i'm old but i always found those parts of of glee ridiculous or when they're like we're in high school i'm like it's fucking high school get the fuck over it Well, it's also funny because the show itself kind of takes like an attitude of like a few years down the road none of them are unpopular for being in glee Mm-hmm. it's like that's very much a season one thing and then it's like it wasn't really an interesting plot anymore so it's just like oh well half the football team and half the cheerleaders are now in glee yeah the most stereotypical popular students in high schools are most of the glee club which is it it, it goes with some of the other things that come to bother me later down the line of rachel starting to endlessly complain about not being pretty enough when she looks like leah michelle and yeah complaining that she's not popular and that nobody likes her and all those things that just layer up in a way that is tiring and nonsensical. Like you are beautiful and talented. What the fuck matters? And successful above your peers, even when you don't deserve it. Yeah, for sure. You guys won. You should not have won. You guys started, you guys started, uh practicing like the night before i know you wrote your own fucking songs what the hell the hell you mean but i mean that also goes ahead a little bit but yeah a little bit we 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 really don't want to focus on this episode this episode's (laughs) mess we're just like what else can we what other things happened in these six seasons like it's so hard because I, i feel like half of the point of this episode was just to say Look how many side characters in this cast can also sing. Right. Like, you will not see them again for another four episodes. But hey, they did a song. They had a song before actual main cast members did. 
Like, I'm so glad the unnamed members of Vocal Adrenaline, Adrenaline had an entire number. Like, that That was cool. Yeah. It looked good, I guess. I guess, I guess. I always enjoyed Vocal Adrenaline songs because they were always really good. So. Yeah. They've been practicing after school. Yeah, yeah they, they are yeah. good songs. It's just funny how they, like, they just added nothing to the plot. It's like there's nothing to really comment on besides, hey, that was good. Yeah. Cool. Hey, a lot of are way better than you. A lot yeah. of short jokes from uh, I can't remember the the coach's Coach name. Stanley. Yeah, who maybe would have been funnier if he was played by Victor Garber. That's true. Very true. Recasting, recasting, and, recasting. and I guess you know uh, the idea of Schuster being a bad teacher certainly carries over into this as he completely abandons his club. Yeah, and then like. Yeah gets mad when Rachel tries to keep it together. Like you did, you did leave them high and dry. I mean, I mean it, it is be- beginning to become a pattern in the third episode that Shu starts things, is interested in them, then gets distracted by something else, yeah. including his baby that he thinks he's going to have. I mean, there is crap. I had a, I had a thought. That's how I lived my whole life, man. <laughs> I had a thought and then it's right. gone. Uh, spend the rest of the day thinking about how I was maybe going to say something intelligent. Ah, I remember now. Okay. I mean, this episode very much showcases how Will is doing the Glee Club to relive his glory days through these kids. And like, he's like, I, you know, wants that so much that when he goes to you know, perform with the acapellas that takes over his life. That should not be, that should not be the reason why you have a glee club. Yeah, that's, that's, no. I mean, I don't think any of us were under any, uh, mis, you know, misguided apprehend, you know, thoughts that, you know, he actually was doing this altruistically. Uh, but still. He cares about those children. Enough to bribe them with drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Enough to bribe them with drugs, get their hopes up about, being part of something special and then abandoning them. And so apparently just school year. I'm now imagining Glee as a horror American horror story. Glee. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Ryan Murphy's going to cycle through to that idea. Eventually there's your revival. You get the whole cast back. Well, not the whole cast, <laughs> some of the cast back and do a American horror story. Glee. And then, but everyone has to play a different part. Oh God, it's going to be like that. Uh, yeah, the swap episode. episode. Yeah. But can yeah. we can we forget Puck? Can we forget him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just write him out. He's, you know, Matt Rutherford. He's gone. Fine. Oh, no, we can bring him back. He can come oh, back. Oh, just swap. Yeah, yeah. Just swap Matt Rutherford in for Puck That's and, like, pretend nothing's yeah. different. I mean, it could, yeah. start, it could start out the season with the description of the horrible graphic ways in which that character, <laughs> that fictional character... Met his demise before the first scene even started. Yes. Yeah. With a pencil the... through the urethra. <laughs> wow, that really jumped right in there. <laughs> Have you thought about this before? <laughs> we didn't even start That's with like a car crash. We just jumped right into urethra. <laughs> When you have words on the tip of your tongue, not the one I wanted to have on the tip of my tongue. I don't know. I think we should pitch this. I think it sounds pretty good. I, I can see Murphy doing it because he he finds it's like, ha ha, it's like an in-joke. It's funny. And I'm like, it's really not. You're just, you're just, you know, <laughs> you're hackneyed and have no, you know, new original ideas. But sure, let's do it. Yeah, I'd still watch it, though. Steal ideas from, you know, your your younger, uh, not cast members, your 
younger employees. Actors. Those are words. You steal ideas from your younger actors. Sure. I mean, he did. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Legally. Allegedly, he stole some shit. Not going to say who, but I think we all know. Not going to say why. Not going to say that the second season. (laughs) Allegedly. I can't pay for lawyers. Allegedly. The name of this episode. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, (laughs) Or pencil through the urethra. Not sure yet. Mm, Delightful. Say, have we have we missed anything important in this episode? Have we missed anything? anything Probably. That's anything important Mm. happen. We've got uh, you know different shades of masculinity. All of them pretty terrible. Well, I would say what happened in this episode. Really, when you step back and you go, oh, nothing. nothing. When it opened and when it ended, what changed? So like. If if you didn't know later episodes, what changed is you're supposed to think that Will Schuster has finally buttoned down and he is 100% going to be there for the Glee Club because he has realized that pursuing their dreams is what is going to lift these kids out of the hellhole of high school. And he is there to guide them and be there for him, them. But if you've, if you've seen other episodes of Glee, you'll, you know that he will fuck up again. And also, he, he really only cares about like two of them. He probably doesn't even know the rest of their names until halfway through the season. Yeah. He okay. Okay. Like, okay. Consciously mentioned New that idea. there are three Cheerios in his Glee club that he's, they're just there and he hasn't been like, you guys didn't sign up. I have a new idea. Glee, Arrested Development Style. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a good episode. It would, have been a good, it would have been a great episode. It's like, could have uh, traded out the puppet this, episode. Together, and we're going to get it all the way to nationals. They weren't going to get it together. <laughs> they weren't going to nationals. Is the whole thing narrated by Matt Rutherford? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> if he is uh, unavailable, I would accept Victor Garber. Or, <laughs> or Jeff Goldblum, if we oh, want to just yes. like skip forward. Oh God, I would accept Jeff Goldblum. Any one of those three. Actually, it could be an interesting story. They all met in a bar later after M- Matt Rutherford got older. Uh, and we're recounting, do you remember that Glee Club that like you were in with like our kids and like my son ran it? Do you remember the crazy shit that went on? I think this was it all. It just turns into group therapy. Uh, it, was, it does. They, they meet a at a bar. <laughs> Sometimes I think Lee was just a dream. And then there it is on Hulu. The nightmare that it is. The nightmare. And we could have had, you know, a Broadway musical, but it didn't happen. So think about that, kids. You could have had it. Eight shows a night or eight shows a week. Eight shows a night. Damn. Although. I would have accepted the Curtain Blaine musical, Broadway musical. Plain the musical. Plain the musical. <laughs> it's just 90 oh, minutes of them staring at each other across the stage. I would. But I don't want to admit how much money I would pay for that. I won't admit it. We all know. I would have paid a good Today Tix, a couple of bucks. Wouldn't have had to pay. I'll just produce the thing. <laughs> there you go. Wow. I mean, there's that. Done and done. Oh, okay, so we just kickstart this. You produce <laughs> it. We have tickets. We don't have to worry about paying for it. And yeah. we're good. Yeah, yeah. I think we've totally thought all of this through in a reasonable way. We have given this we, more thought than the Glee writer's room did Glee. It's true. I mean, if Starkid can still get hundreds of thousands of dollars on Kickstarter, surely we can get like 10 million. Oh my God, how do they get money still? <sighs> A whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. That that is definitely. I was gonna say a true crime documentary. That's more like a <laughs> true mystery documentary. Mystery. 
Somebody Knows Something season four. I mean, it, the Starkid thing is actually oh a true God. crime. It because is a crime. They, they, they could have, like, something murdered their, like, momentum in its tracks a few years ago. They were so close. And somebody, and I say somebody. Allegedly. No, no. That doesn't work Allegedly. <laughs> but now we have Puffs, so it's fine. <laughs> Glee on the Rocks podcast is brought to you by Puffs the Musical, now off-Broadway. And Square Glee on the Rocks podcast is brought to you by Allegedly. When you want to say things about people, but you don't want to get sued. Allegedly. <laughs> Squarespace. And Victor Garber. And Victor Garber. He's just giving us money on the slide for this. Well, you know, he's going to get uh, that Victor Hello Garber Dolly money now. Dark- oh. He survived his tenure okay, on so- Glee. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's done nothing else since, clearly. But he's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, those residuals are, you know... <laughs> really paying the way about that okay so beginning of the episode to end of the episode we had hey shoe's a great guy and he's totally gonna buckle his shoes down and dig in and help these scrappy kids become all they can be uh, or some shit like that um we also got uh kurt's gay we would we obviously knew that but just in case we didn't know that he's gay mm-hmm. what else what mm-hmm. anything um, we've got Rachel getting told off for wanting to win, but like winning's important. They're not in this glee club just to make friends. They're in it to win it. And they had that scene between Finn and Rachel where she says like, it's all about winning. And Finn was kind of like weird about it as if he's not a football player whose sole purpose is to win a game. Like he... He was written in those scenes as if he had no concept of why she would be so gung-ho about winning a competition, which was bizarre. Like you're if I want to extrapolate Yeah, as if I want to extrapolate uh, a little thought behind their writing, which you know they don't do, but if I were gonna pretend that they did, I say I, I think the confusion would come from the fact that you're having Rachel as, you know, a girl being incredibly driven, whereas in our in our very patriarchal dominated society, that's not something you want, you know, you encourage younger girls to, you know, be as driven and uh, focused on winning as you do with guys. So he would be super confused and not sure because that's not something he's used to, despite the fact that his Quinn, his girlfriend, is super driven to be on top. She just hides it better because that's how her family is. But again, I would be assuming that they actually put any shits into writing. So, you know. Yeah, that's a big assumption to make. (laughs) I mean, what you just described would be would make sense if they had written it with some kind of end goal lesson to teach us in mind, but instead it's Glee, so they just kind of shrugged. And it's the kind of thing that we got in fic, which was like, that inevitably, I'm sure, is in somebody's Finchel story somewhere. I wouldn't know, I don't read it, but I bet it's somewhere. Because that that was, that's what fandom did. They took the really shitty ass, you know, we did this thing and didn't explain why these characters reacted or looked this way or said this. And so then everybody was left confused and went, okay, let's 
make sense of this? What what's logical? What do we think happened here? And then we all went, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And then it became part of our consciousness, kind of like Carol being a nurse. Actually, look, I maintain Carol's a fucking nurse. Mandela effect. Sometimes Fanon just has to take over. Weekly, Fanon should take over. Uh, Most of the time. Most of the time. (laughs) There are some things that I want to erase from Fanon that that I can't. Fanablane? What? Fanablane? I don't even know what that is. What did I, did I erase it from my own memory? Cannibal Blaine. Oh, Cannibal Blaine. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a good addition to the reboot. That's in the American Horror Story version. I mean, that actually makes sense for the American Horror Story Glee. Cannibal Blaine. Mm -hmm. He finally has a purpose. Oh my God. Werewolf Kurt has a purpose. Jesus, it's all coming together. It's all coming back. It's coming back to me now. <laughs> all right. So um, buy us cable and we will group write American Horror Story Glee and post it for your enjoyment. That's yeah. not true. We're not doing that. We'll get sued. Allegedly. Actually, we won't get sued because you write it as a spec script and that's perfectly okay to do. Mm-hmm. So we win. I feel like this. I feel like this podcast episode has gone all over the place. Kind Just of like, you know, the episode. We close. That's okay, because I think next episode, we're going to be super focused on that one. Yeah. No idea what we're going to be talking about. Oh, I have a favorite quote for this episode. It's not very good, though, because nothing was very good at this episode. Because it was... No. (laughs) It was was a line from Josh Groban about Josh Groban, which is why it was okay. (laughs) That's fine. That's acceptable. It is, Josh Groban loves a blousy alcoholic. And I feel like that's okay, maybe that, true. That's a good one. Yeah. I haven't spoken to him about it, but I feel like it's probably true. He did say it about himself. We can just go ahead and assume he improv that if you'd like. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I was say, do we want to assume that like he didn't have like lines that they just said, come, come say things that whatever you want about yourself. And he was like, great. Mm-hmm. The whole restraining order thing. It was just really him telling the other guy, like, please stop coming into my dressing room. So yeah, that was just him trying to, you know, say something. He just like, no, just keep calling. He needed a voice. So does anybody have a favorite song? I liked Mercedes' song just because I was really glad Mercedes got a solo, even if I don't like the circumstances around it. Yeah, it was nice to hear her sing. She killed the song. For sure. She killed it and she got to be, I mean, I know the the cheerleaders were in like bikini tops and she was fully dressed, Mm -hmm. but she at least got to be you know, somewhat, you don't want to say sexual because she's meant to be a 15 year old high school student, but you know, she's not up there in like a muumuu while everyone else is naked. The way a lot of times slightly bigger girls on TV are dressed so differently than everyone else. Yeah, that's nice. true. You know, she was treated a, a little more equally in, well, it's not even a good, <laughs> like everyone gets to be sexualized together, which is not necessarily a good thing. But at least for, <laughs> we're know. all going to sexualize you at the same time. Same Aren't time. You because the show is written and produced by men. But at least it wasn't treating her weight as something to hide and shame quite so much as it could have been. So it's like it's not a huge positive, but it's not the worst negative. I mean, not the worst is a high compliment for this show. I know, especially this episode. 
I hate that I just I, I wrote down some random lines and I hate that I'm just now running across one of them and remembering, oh, yeah, that was creepy because that's how this show goes. Uh, well, Finn, Finn basically being called Finn being called Deep Throat by a bunch of guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We all blacked that out. Remember that? There's also Glad a special I bring that up here at the end. There's also a special ed kids joke that I I made a note that it existed, but not the context. I'm like, I just like, did they get any shit for this back at the time? Or was it just like, oh, Glee, the wacky new comedy gets away with whatever. I tried to go back and find a couple reviews for this episode. And mostly like the AV club was complaining about how everything just moved so quickly. Kind of the way we were talking about Mm -hmm. of just every plot line covered so much ground in such a short amount of time that it like made no sense i if my my vague recollection of of being in general audience was not that it was um insulting but that it was like oh wow they're really on pc and they got biting you know uh biting dark comedy and it's like, it's not really biting dark comedy. It's just kind of, you know, insulting. And uh, a lot of isms. A lot of isms. Yes, the, the line between black comedy and bad writing. It's uh, shades of it's very wide right here. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. Yeah. Um, I, I liked Mercy because, like I said, I like, I like um, vocal adrenaline. I almost said I like acapellas. <laughs> <laughs> that would have hurt my soul. Uh, I like vocal adrenaline, and I like how over the top they always made vocal adrenaline seem at the beginning, in comparison to New Directions. And of course, then you know New Directions kind of goes over the top as well. And then they're doing like these massive like stage numbers for no reason. Um, but I liked that they were kind of done to be like they're like mini professional Broadway singers, and we're we're these scrappy kids and like t-shirts singing they've got this whole choreographed routine going and i was like yes like that so i i enjoy anytime i see vocal adrenaline we know who sings for vocal adrenaline is it just like the studio singers i'm assuming because like the track sounds pretty good um, let's I get the feeling see uh if somebody could please vamp. could somebody please vamp for a second <laughs> um so Today I got a facial. That vamping is that? How did that go? Nice. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep at one point though. It's been a long couple of weeks, man. Got a lot going on. That's a so the thing I was looking up talks about a guy named Clint, and <laughs> I don't trust a man. Uh, that's useful. Uh, and then there's a Giselle, an Andrea, a Shasanda, and Chris. Not very helpful guys. <laughs> Things we should have looked up sooner for 500, Alex. Well, whoever yeah. sang Mercy for Vocal Adrenaline, good job. Unsung heroes. Good job, you did well. Okay. I don't know, yeah, I can't even remember the other songs. It was some of the acapella. This is how we do it. I want to sex you, you up. I've I definitely like, blocked uh, all of those from memory. You Who Must Not Be Named, uh, I think, did something. Yeah, oh, hold on. I have this written down. I'm, I'm checking. It is do to do. Yeah, there's a bunch of acapellas. Puck did a thing. Um, acapellas did a lot, and I, those are the only ones I, I wrote down that I because I went note to forget acapellas and Puck. 
<laughs> basically what I a note to myself to forget things. <laughs> I have to like try and pay attention if there's ever another mention of the Akafellas. I think there was in later episodes, oh, really? but but I don't think they really come back. No, I was I was I was going to um just assume they were never mentioned again. Never spoken of again. Like many things on Glee. So many. So many <laughs> I'm going to leave the rest comments. of that joke in my head. Uh, yeah. Oh, poison. They did poison. Poison. Mm. As I you can know. see, these all stood out so well for us that we were that we're like, yes, let's talk about them. Also, like we just watched the episode. You'd think it would yeah. uh, stick, but it doesn't because it's so bad. How did this show like like so many people would yeah. talk about how season one was one of the, you know, like the best season and I do think season one had the strongest idea of who it was. And yet, like, we're on, like, episode, what, three? And I feel like we're going, they don't know what they're doing. They go through things too fast. This episode had nothing in it. And the shoe's an asshole, because that one's mostly me. But, you know, still, my point stands. Yeah. It's curious how it wasn't killed uh, sooner. Ryan Murphy has dirt and or owes sexual favors to a lot of people with a lot of money that have a lot of power in various places. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, I mean, you know, considering that 2017 is coming for everyone in Hollywood. Oh, I am waiting. Wait and see who's next, which we say that ominously and like watch the next person be someone we all love and admire because that's how 2017 is going. Yeah, no guarantees at this point on anyone. Next person on the list is going to be... don't even want to give a name because God knows it could be anyone except I Kevin feel like if McHale. I gave <laughs> not not Kevin McHale. I I trust and believe in him. He would never do this. I, I am putting my faith in Kevin McHale and he better not fucking let me down. Can you hear me, you? Kevin McHale? You're not allowed to fucking let me down. You're hiding some dirt. You better figure your shit out now. You, be- you better hide the fucking bodies because and you better hide them well. Kevin not McHale's like dirt how to get like, away with murder well. His, his dirt is one day that he like didn't recycle a plastic <laughs> bottle and instead threw it away and has felt guilty about it for the last four years. I mean, I, that, I believe he doesn't have dirt. There are just things about him no one has bothered to ask. We all just need to sit down and have a conversation with Kevin. So I feel just, like we could eat. I feel like he's somebody that would get chatty when drunk. Yeah, let's, let's hit up in and out and then have some drinks. Uh, nice. I feel like we'll buy you some burgers and uh, some beverages, and uh, I feel like that'd be easy. Now we're just into like wish fulfillment, like really like <laughs> Jim RPF writing, where we all have like Mary Sue's, where we have lunch with Kevin McHale. <laughs> I mean, can a girl dream? It's been a shitty year. <laughs> that's, that's all I want from this year. Actually, that that is burger. that is another complaint about the episode. Not nearly enough Kevin McHale. Yeah, I don't even know that he had a line. Well, he had the line where, um, like, he gets kicked, like, the choreographer tells him because he's in a wheelchair, he can't, like, be in Glee anymore. Oh, right. That's the most acknowledgement he got the entire episode. Cool. All all episodes are now going to be ra- rated on a Kevin scale of how much Kevin did we get in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a this one is out of five Kevin episode. The one out of this five. is a one out of five Kevin's <laughs> that puts it at like a solid D plus. Exactly. The uh, the plus is for vocal adrenaline's performance. 
<laughs> yeah, otherwise it would just be a D. Again. <laughs> also, yes. Josh Groban and Victor Garber. They 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 help the plus. <laughs> MVP of the episode. Yeah, basically it only scrapes by based on guest power alone. Which is, you know, becomes a staple of the show are the guest appearances. And which ones work and which ones are just stupid. And which ones leave a third of your podcast crying because they want them to come back. Cooper. I think I feel like it's still too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> I'm saying that specifically for Emily. It's still too soon. <laughs> too soon as in the pain is still real or too soon as you know you can't talk about it because you have to go through another two seasons. Two? Uh, it doesn't show up until four. No, was it three or is it four? Three or is it four? I thought it was three. Might be three. They'll blur together. In any case, it's not. It's not in one because it, it has makes to be you feel back, better. It has to be the back half of season three because Cooper would not have dealt with any of this claim breakup bullshit. Accurate. He would have come in and been like, "You were singing a heartfelt song, and you were pointing at him, and you were going to fix this." And I just want the montage of Cooper teaching Blaine a uh, "I'm sorry" number. Not that he should have had to have sung an "I'm sorry" number because I'm uh I'm a Blaine cheating truther where it didn't happen. <laughs> put that out there right now. Didn't happen. Uh, that came out early. <laughs> got there so soon. <laughs> Season three. Or episode three. Yeah. We have so much time uh, to get there, friends. So much time. Uh, we have we have a lot we have a lot of time when we get to talk about that. <laughs> Let's see, we uh we discussed how uh Glee has horrible views on masculinity. Shocker. Uh, that they, they did Mercedes wrong. Shocker. Uh, Shu is a terrible person. That he's Shocker. kind of a shitty guy to his, uh, to his wife. Um, ha- is living through these kids. Vocal Adrenaline is the only one that's, you know, able to sing and make a good song right now. Uh, that Victor Garber needs to have his own spinoff as himself, maybe as a tap dancer, that Glee is itself a vivid nightmare from, that is uh, being told by Jeff Goldblum, Victor Garber, and Matt Rutherford in a bar, and that uh, with, the, with enough cash, we're going to, you know, write a spec strip for American Horror Story Glee edition with Werewolf, Kurt, and Cannibaline. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, I think that about covered it. Yeah, I think you got it. Oh. Got it. We could have spared an hour oh. and just done that. Well, there we go. That's uh, that's what you missed on Glee. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20%, too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too.
Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.